We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2020 Week 9 Injury Update, Rankings Update, and DraftKings Ownership. If there is a game that you specifically want to hear about, hit the time index, and you can jump to that right away. We're going to go game by game, early to late, then DraftKings Ownership at the end. If you want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings, spots are running out. There's only about 300 spots left in the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. Link is in the description, so please go enter that if you want to play in a no-rate contest. If you miss out, I have a ton of Masters content coming out. There's already some out. More will be coming out over the weekend and then into next week. The year's last major. You know, if you're just a football watcher, I do a ton of golf as well. Uh, People might say I'm even better at golf than I am at football, which is a very low bar to clear but there's the listeners league up for that right now in the master show uh, it's 5,000 person tournament uh, there's already 2,000 spots gone and we haven't even released a lot of the content yet so if you want to jump into that please go ahead and jump in play in the best tournament for golf on DraftKings $15 to play three max entry no rake double your money if you min cash same as football by the way tools and ownership projections powered by ftndaily.com you can hit all the free tools in the description you want the premium tools use code mayo get yourself a discount off those projections the overall projections the lineup builder the optimizer the cornerback shadow index it's all there behind the wall and i will have actually a free show that's usually a paywall show up on ftndaily.com over the weekend it's live on friday night if you want to tune into that at 7 30 p.m eastern time uh, but you can check it out over the weekend so i highly recommend it ftndaily.com let's jump into the injuries first one up is that colts game against the ravens mark ingram looking like he is not going to play again this week that leaves dobbins that leaves gus edwards the gus bus i like dobbins slightly more in fact one spot in the rankings more than gus edwards and you have to think about how this plays out what do you want as your floor i would say that dobbins probably has the better floor I would expect them to pass a little bit more to their running backs in this game, unless they jump out by a huge lead, but the spread is less than three, so you'd have to think that it's going to be relatively competitive. Gus Edwards likely to get the goal line carries and score the touchdown, so I guess his upside would be higher if he has a multi-touchdown game, but with Dobbins, you're going to get the usage between the 20s, and if he can break one of those, then all of a sudden he's smashing the slate. So I like both of them as top 20 options at running back in your season-long leagues. I do prefer Dobbins slightly more than Edwards, however. In the receiving core, uh, Chris Moore doesn't look like he's going to play Devin Duvernay 
He's going to play, but you're not going to be playing him anyway. T.Y. Hilton on the other side of the ball, probably not going to play. He's doubtful. Mo Alleycox, questionable. Looks like he's going to be in. Marcus Johnson, also questionable. Jonathan Taylor and Jordan Wilkins in the backfield. One with an ankle, one with a new groin injury. That's Wilkins, are both probable for this game. But keep an eye on the new groin injury for Wilkins. He was limited, then he practiced in full on Friday. Uh, could be a last-second scratch. I wouldn't you know, think that's going to happen, but always something to keep on your radar when you're either building your lineups on Sunday morning or trying to set your season-long fantasy lineups. I like Wilkins the best, I guess, of these three. I don't want to play any of them. It's a terrible matchup, and if they're going to ride the hot hand and you have these injuries mixed in, I mean, Naheem Hines could end up being the best of the bunch, so I wouldn't be putting too much faith into what the Colts are doing in the backfield, especially against the Ravens. With Hilton out, I would expect Zach Pascal with Humphrey out on the other side of the ball to draw the best matchup of any of the Colts receivers. Then it would be Pittman, but it's probably just Trey Burton, Zach Pascal are probably the only two that you'd even consider playing from the Colts receiving game this week. Chiefs game. Sammy Watkins looks like he will return in the rankings. I've kept Hardman where he is. Watkins never really affects him. I have downgraded Demarcus Robinson. I expect to see his snap here. And by Byron Pringle, the inventor of chips, he is going to end up being... Uh, relegated to the bench unless something happens to Sammy Watkins. Not that you should go out and start Sammy Watkins. He's a capable low-end flex, maybe a wide receiver three in a deeper league, but you know he has no floor. He's Sammy Watkins. He gets hurt half the time, or even when he's healthy, he just posts zeros from time to time. Never a good situation to be in. On the other side of the ball, though, Christian McCaffrey, he's back. There's a lot of arguments going on about what is his role going to be. Mike Davis performed very well. Not so much the past two games, but just overall, the the grand scope jumped into that role, played it very well. The usage was really high. I think that McCaffrey just goes back to being McCaffrey. Maybe he doesn't get the 99% snap share that you're used to from Christian McCaffrey, but I don't think this is going to be a 60-40 situation or a 50-50. I think McCaffrey's going to be on the field over 80% of the time. If that's the case, he's a top two running back for the week only ranking behind in the overall rankings Delvin Cook when we talk about DraftKings McCaffrey's probably the better play he's $300 more expensive which is around $1,500 less than he normally is on any given slate and the ownership discrepancy between Cook and McCaffrey is gigantic it could be up to seven times more owned Delvin Cook than Christian McCaffrey just game theory alone would put you on to Christian McCaffrey hoping he's Christian McCaffrey he's fully healthy and gets to brutalize this Chiefs defense who struggles with backs coming out of the backfield shockingly enough gets where Christian McCaffrey is at his best in that specific situation so CMC he's fine use him Mitch Trubisky out Cole Komet is questionable for this game, leaning doubtful after missing practice on Friday. Jimmy Graham also on the injury report, but looks like he's going to play. If Komet is out, Jimmy Graham was probably the bring back in that game if you're going to use any of the Bears outside of Allen Robinson, who is super expensive. Graham is a bit more of a discount. Adam Humphreys out on the other side of the ball after sustaining that head and neck injury a week ago. Scary stuff. Looks like he's going to be okay overall, but he will not be playing in week nine. Falcons Broncos, Philip Lindsay's dealing with a toe injury. He's questionable to play. I really like Philip Lindsay a lot this week, and it does look like he's going to play. He's still playing fewer snaps than Melvin Gordon, but when they had to close out, when they had to come back last week against the Chargers, who was on the field? Philip Lindsay. Who's better than Melvin Gordon? 
Philip Lindsay. Eventually, the Broncos coaching staff is going to see this, and this is a terrific matchup. Adjusted yards for before contact. Denver ranks sixth in the league, their offensive line. And then you go up against Atlanta, who gives up the sixth most yards after contact on defense. So it's a very nice situation if Lindsay can be 100% healthy, and he's looking like he's trending towards that direction. Tim Patrick, questionable with his hamstring injury. He missed last week. He's really a game-time decision. I like him if he plays. If he doesn't, fire up Jerry Judy, because this is a terrific matchup against the Falcons. As you know, as anyone who plays people against the Falcons almost every single week. Other side of the ball, Calvin Ridley, doubtful for the game. I would not expect him to go. The Falcons go on bye week in week 10. So coming out in week 11, expect Ridley Ridley to be back then. Uh, Whether it's Zacchaeus, whether it's Christian Blake, here's a tip. Don't play any of them because it's going to be Julio Jones and Hayden Hurst all day long. That's who you want to play here. Russell Gage, maybe he is probable after getting in a full practice on Friday. Maybe you can go to him if you want to, but he will be on the field, thus taking away target share from those other two jabronis who could be filling in. Kenny Galladay out. Jamal Agnew out, leaving room for Marvin Hall, who filled in for Kenny Galladay last week, a very good deep threat. Marvin Jones's role rarely ever changes whether Galladay is in or out, so don't expect to see too much of an uptick in market share and targets from him. Matthew Stafford, we still don't know. He's been placed on the COVID list. However, if he can have five negative tests every single day, and this is what we're not going to know until Saturday, I suppose, whether or not he can play. If not, it's Chase Daniel. Bad news for everyone on the line. Stafford plays... I mean, we've seen some of these guys really struggle after contracting COVID coming out of it, but I don't even really know what the situation is with Matt Stafford. If he tested positive on Monday, and then he, I guess it would be a false positive if he went five straight days with testing negative. I'm not entirely sure how this works, but I do know that there is the chance that he could play. So keep an eye on that on Sunday morning. If he does, Marvin Hall would be the guy that you would probably want to go to unless Quintez Seifer is active. As we saw earlier in the year, he is the one that Matt Stafford turned to the most in terms of target share, whereas Hall was relegated really to the sidelines and playing very few snaps. Seifer wasn't active last week. That's why Hall got all those Ducati numbers and snap share when Galladay went out, but that could be a different circumstance this week against the Vikings. Vikings side, everyone seems to be playing. Gardner Minshew is out for the Jags. Divine Izigbo also out. For the Jags, he's going to be out probably for the rest of the year uh, at this point uh, with the way that things are trending for him. Now you got uh, Luton and playing quarterback. Fun times. I have no idea what to make of the Jags offense. Probably going to be a lot of James Robinson on the ground trying to keep this game tight. You can run all over the Houston Texans, and maybe that's the route that they take. Chris Thompson has been activated from the COVID-19 list, so maybe on some of the passing downs, you do see James Robinson get cut into a little bit in obvious pass situations. I still think he's a top-10 play at running back for the week, but you do have to temper expectations a little bit. One of the reasons he was able to pile up so many receptions throughout the course of the year was because of Gardner Minshew. Minshew hasn't been great, but the one thing that he is able to execute, which Luton will not be able to because he's very statuesque, is by extra time in the pocket. If the pressure comes at him, he can shake a guy or two, then dump it off to Robinson. That's how Robinson was getting involved in the passing game. These weren't really designed routes to him to throw to. That was still Chris Thompson when they were doing that at that point. With Luton, uh, he's just going to take sacks. So really going to be hard-pressed to find a lot of dump-offs for James Robinson. So temper your expectations in 
the passing game where Robinson has really made up a lot of his value so far. When he's having a bad game, he was relatively game script agnostic that he would end up with four, five, six catches in a game, chucking another 30, 40 yards. I mean, that's as good as a touchdown uh, in full PPR scoring, which he may not end up getting this week. So watch out for that. Devonta Freeman out for the Giants. Dontrell Inman doubtful for the footballs, but Steve Sims shall return this week, it appears. So no harm, no foul. You're not playing any of those guys anyway. Alfred Morris, I guess, will be active again. Gallman's the one to play from the Giants side. If your team sucks, you can play Wayne Gallman. If your team is good, then you probably don't need to play Wayne Gallman. It's a last-ditch effort, a home-run ball, if you will. This one is going to be super confusing. Chris Carson is out. Carlos Hyde is out in the backfield for the Seahawks. Travis Homer is going to play, and it looks a lot... It looks at least appears like he's a lot healthier than he was a week ago when DJ Wiki Wiki Dallas ended up taking over all of the workload in the Seattle backfield. Everyone is going to presume that DJ Dallas is going to be the guy against the Bills, which is a terrific situation. He's a good price on DraftKings, still available to go pick up off the waiver wire in some spots. Probably not in good leagues, but in some spots, if you play in a shitty league where people aren't paying attention, he's probably still out there. Here's the problem. Alex Collins is now likely to be, after being signed last week, elevated from the practice squad. So he might get some run in this game, too. Pretty good between the tackles. The old Highland River dance master Alex Collins, who was once good. I think he's been out of the league for two years, but, I mean, so is Alfred Morris. He looked, like, decent in the Monday night game against a really good run defense in Tampa. So don't discount Alex Collins here. But if Travis Homer is a lot healthier in this spot, you might see a snap share. You might see Homer out-snap DJ Dallas, who frankly didn't look very good against the 49ers. He just happened to get into the end zone twice. Therefore, you think that he had a really good game, but overall, like, he wasn't very effective on the ground. So I think this is a bit more of a situation where it's not obvious than I think some people will put out there. I could be totally wrong. Could be all DJ Dallas, 90% of the snaps. Must use guy smashes the slate. I just don't envision that happening in this game. So just be very pensive. For me, I want to hear some more reports either on Sunday morning or on Saturday, but I do think that Travis Homer has a good chance to play more than 50% of the snaps against the Bills. And if that's the case, he is the one that you would want to play over DJ Dallas. So continue to log on to the interwebs, mine Twitter for this information to really go get that. David Moore popped up on Thursday with an injury. He was back at practice. It looks like he's going to be a go for the Seahawks. He's a nice play on DraftKings as a pivot to get off some of the chalkier guys. Like Everyone is either using the stack of Lockett on one side, Josh Allen, Stephen Diggs, or Wilson and Lockett and Metcalf with Diggs coming back. David Moore is a low-owned, cheap piece of this game. Uh, I mean, the floor isn't there, but he does have pretty decent upside against a Bills defense that can kind of be taken advantage of in all spots. You have to think that DK Metcalf is going to draw Tredavious White on the outside in this game. Maybe they still want to attack the outside, not just the slot with Lockett. And then all of a sudden, David Moore becomes a very viable play if he ends up going, which it looks like he's going to do. Bill's side, Dawson Knox and John Brown both look like their goes for this game. Dallas-Pittsburgh, Deontay Johnson lifted from the injury report. You can use him. I like Chase Claypool a little bit better, but both are very good options this week, especially on DraftKings at a very good price against a terrible defense. Zeke and his hamstring injury could be limited, but it appears like he is going to play. It's in the late set of games this year. You're not going to know that till the afternoon. Vegas, Josh Jacobs going to play. Brian Edwards back this week. That hurts Nelson Aguilar immensely if you'd been riding him. Didn't really work out too well last week. But if you wanted to go back to the well, I do think that Edwards eats into his snap share. Aguilar started to get extensively more run once Edwards started missing games. And now he's back, so we'll see how that ends up going. Other side, uh, Troy Main Pope, doubtful with a concussion. Doesn't appear like he's going to play. No Austin Eckler, obviously. 
Justin Jackson was dealing with a knee injury. He practiced in full. So it's going to go Jackson, then Kelly, but we've seen this situation flop two or three times throughout the course of the year when these have been the two guys. I would expect more from Kelly either way with Pope out. And if he gets off to two or three good runs, Anthony Lynn is not scared to ride the hot hand here. So Jackson, most upside, he is the better play, but comes with substantial downside too if he does not have a good start to this game. So be cognizant of that. Kenyon Drake out for the Cardinals. So we're going to get all the Chase Edmonds we can handle, presumably. So fire him up. This is your shot. Dolphin side, they got no running backs. Matt Breda, out. Miles Gaskin, out. DeAndre Washington traded for but cannot play this week, so he is also out. Lynn Bowden, he contracted COVID. He's out. Isaiah Ford traded. I mean, he's that receiver, but he was traded to the Patriots, thus condensing that a little bit more for the Dolphins receiving game. Parker, Gesicki, Williams for me in this spot. Maybe you get a little bit more of Jakeem Grant. But the backfield, it looks like Jordan Howard's going to be the guy, which is not a great situation to be in. He's at least going to be the goal line guy if it gets down to it. So he is the best play, probably a top 25 play at running back. He's the bare min on DraftKings. The issue is that Jordan Howard sucks. And that's never good to invest a lot of time into players that aren't good. But this could be a volume situation if they keep this game close where he could end up with 20-plus touches. After that, I'm guessing our Laird and Savior, Patrick Laird, would be the receiving back in this game. So if they do get down, he could pose some value. Someone named Salvan Ahmed could get some run in this game. Chandler Cox plays fullback, so I wouldn't expect too much from him. So it's Howard. He's the play, unfortunately, uh, just with that touchdown upside and the volume that can go along with him. In a deeper PPR league, like if you were playing J.D. McKissick I could see Laird coming into that situation a little bit wouldn't bank on too much production though Saints game all of a sudden Drew Brees like there was a tweet that came out that he was a game time decision with a shoulder injury Uh, don't worry about him although I would have loved to see Jameis in a revenge spot against Tampa on Sunday night with Michael Thomas coming back but it does appear like Drew Brees is going to play Alvin Kamara was taken Kamara sorry was taking off of the injury report so he's good to go with that foot injury Chris Godwin questionable for this game but he was able to practice this week with the broken finger Antonio Brown obviously playing too no word yet on whether there's a snap count for him Uh, I could see him getting more run if Godwin sits obviously but if Godwin is back uh, we'll wait and see they're probably all starts this week to tell you the truth in the Monday night game Nikhil Harry is yet to practice so far this week with his concussion he's probably not going to play and I don't think that Isaiah Ford can play this week even after the deal we've seen a lot of trades where guys have to go through uh, extensive COVID protocol if they want to be active I'm not sure if the Monday night game makes a difference because of that so just you know the Saturday practice for all of these guys is what's going to be important. So they'll reveal that information. Then Damian Harris is probable. Ryan Izzo has a hamstring injury. Uh, he is questionable for this game. Frank Gore popped up. The hand injury was limited on Friday. Check his status on Saturday because he might not go. He's an old man with a hand injury. Eventually, LeMichael P. Ryan is going to get some run, right? You'd have to think so. Jamison Crowder in his groin got it back into a limited practice. I would expect him to play. It appears Brashad Perriman will be cleared from concussion protocol, and he will be back in Sam Darnold, likely to start for the Jets in the Monday night game in a revenge game of the Monday night ghost game from last year. I'm excited for this one and how bad this game is going to be on both sides of the ball. DraftKings ownership for week nine. The projections right now, you can find them at ftndaily.com. Code Mayo gets you that discount. We'll also have the proprietor of those ownership projections, Kyle Murray and Javier will be joining me on that FTN Friday evening show, which you can catch over the weekend. We'll be talking about the best stacks, plays, and fades of the week on the DraftKings slate. But running back, as I mentioned earlier, Delvin Cook is going to be owned by like half the field this week. The projection right now has him around 35%. I can see it being even 
even higher than that. Then it's Chase Edmonds, David Johnson, James Conner, and James Robinson all project for over 15% ownership in large field DraftKings tournaments. Christian McCaffrey, he's down around like 5 6 7%. So the way that you need to look at it is, yes, Christian McCaffrey is... $300 more than Dalvin Cook. But if the world is on Dalvin Cook and he's around, let's say, six times as owned, does he have a six times more likely chance to outscore Christian McCaffrey this week? I would say he does not. Therefore, Christian McCaffrey becomes the better play. That is not to take away anything from Dalvin Cook. In my season-long rankings, he's number one. He's, he's safer. He's in a great spot. But if we're just going on overall upside and then the game theory that goes into it, a low-owned Christian McCaffrey can be very valuable. Now, I do expect some buzz. Other, I'm not the only one in the world who's going to see this. So Christian McCaffrey is going to get a bit of steam. I'd expect him to end up around like 10% by the time Sunday comes along. But if people are spending that much on McCaffrey and spending that much on Delvin Cook especially, there's not a whole lot of room for Derrick Henry, who's in a very bad matchup presumably, on paper at least, against the Chicago Bears. But the Bears were just run all over by the Rams two Mondays ago. And if you're going to get a low-owned Derrick Henry all of a sudden, um, that's a nice spot you want to be in. We know that he's, at home, he's always better, just in general, especially when it comes to scoring touchdowns. He had the giant streak of scoring a touchdown every home game for so long. And it's it's a situation where no one really wants to use him. So if you look at some of those names, Edmonds, David Johnson, James Conner's in a fantastic situation, so he doesn't really apply here. And James Robinson, they're all priced up. Not as much as Derrick Henry, but if those guys are going to be owned, Dalvin Cook's going to be owned, and there'll be late steam on Christian McCaffrey. Derrick Henry seems to be the one who's going to fall through the cracks. And when you can get these elite talents, it was like Dalvin Cook last week. Of the top three guys, no one wanted to use Dalvin Cook. Who turned out to be the best play? Dalvin Cook. Now, could you project that going into the week? Well, I know Dalvin Cook's going to be the best play. No. But you can look at the ownership and say, hey, Dalvin Cook's going to be four times lesser owned than the other two guys that he's around, and he has exactly the same amount of talent. Just blindly use that guy. It'll work out for you over time. Not every single week. Obviously not, because if Dalvin Cook goes off this week and McCaffrey sucks, then it was stupid to do. But if you want to win long-term and have more success in DraftKings tournaments, that's the way that you need to play this, because that's information you can actually control going into the week. At receiver, no big shocker, number one and two in the same game, Tyler Lockett and Steph Diggs, Julio Jones, then Keenan Allen. Those are your top four. All four are great plays, but you're going to have to distinguish between all of them. I actually like the top two the best, so you're going to have to find ways to get creative to get off so much ownership in other parts of your lineup. At tight end, Darren Waller, Noah Fanton, Travis Kelsey appear to be the three highest owned, but no one's really overly chalky. I think Waller's going to be the only one who might push double digits here. At quarterback, also very flat, Wilson, Josh Allen, and Deshaun Watson are the three that are carrying the most ownership right around 10%. And then at defense, another three that are right around 10%, the Falcons, the Texans, and the Washington footballs. Uh, You can pay down at defense this week if you want. Actually, that Titans defense is not terrible at home. They're relatively cheap this week as well, and it doesn't appear like many people are using. The Broncos against the Falcons, too, sub-3,000, is a pretty good look. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. Playing the Pat Mayo experience listeners league on drafting spots are filling very quickly no sunday show this week so i'll be back monday for the waiver wire and injury recap if you're looking for more content saturday DraftKings pricing for the masters monday masters bets and we'll have all the regular content coming in and out again next week hit the description of the video to find all the ftn daily premium and free tools if you want quick links to those and all of my rankings have been updated on dkplaybook.com and in that description if 
you're looking for them, they'll be updated again on Sunday morning. If you have a start sick question, leave it in the comment section of this video after you smash the like, and I will get to them on Saturday evening. Thank you all for watching. Have a good week nine. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!